0: Praise be to Allah and may peace and blessings be upon the Prophet and upon his family and companions and all who follow him until the Day of Judgment. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to weekly Iman Boosters by Iqna sisters and a conversation about cultivating mindfulness. If we were to ask people to choose a few words to describe their lives, chances are that the word busy would come up a lot. With our lives the way that they are today, we are in a state of constantly being busy. And I know that you can empathize with that. If you catch up with somebody after a long time and ask how they're doing, most likely the word busy will come up. But because busy is often equated with being productive, saying something like, I'm so busy, is more of a humble brag than a complaint because it implies a sense of importance. So we actually like the fact that we have so much going on in our lives. And maybe if our schedules were a bit emptier, we might feel that we're wasting our time or potential. We've developed a culture that glorifies and in fact seeks out busyness. And we willingly participate in the distraction that results from it. And I say that it results in distraction because the downside of this obsession with packing our schedules Is that it has made opportunities for spending time in quiet reflection a rare experience when we read books or watch movies from a few decades ago we see that there wasn't such a demand to rush about the day there was more time for family and it was possible to even spend the day being quote lazy with the advancement in technology and our increasing dependence upon it The excuses that we used to have for downtime have dwindled along with our patience, our satisfaction with our lives, the quality of our relationships, as well as the small opportunities that we used to have to contemplate and appreciate the wonder of our existence. Even when we do find pockets of time between the events in our schedule, for example, while taking public transportation or standing in line at the store, we feel this time glued to our cell phones, on social media, or entertainment. There are less opportunities to speak to people we don't know, and this widens the divisions between us. It becomes harder for people from different communities to engage in casual interactions, even though their lives may overlap on a routine basis. The average person nowadays is more isolated, distracted, busy, and self-absorbed than perhaps ever before. But if we stop for just a few minutes at a time to take stock of our lives, we may be able to prevent the days from slipping away into weeks and the weeks from slipping away into months without even realizing it. I lived a few years in Pakistan and if you've spent some time back home, you can probably understand what I mean when I say that the general culture over there is the complete opposite from what life is like over here with a very laissez-faire attitude towards things. Uh, Things are laid back. People tend not to worry about them unless they're forced to deal with them and so on. What's clear is that both of these societies are in opposite extremes. I mean, we want to be able to relax, but we need to make sure that our work gets done and vice versa. Like we need to work and engage with society, but we also need time to relax and focus inward. And so it seems that whoever can achieve this balance can have a truly happy life. So in recent years, mindfulness has become a buzzword that everyone is talking about. Mindfulness is touted as the cure-all for problems ranging from boredom, to stress, to marital conflict and there are numerous talks about the benefits of slowing down to fully experience the moment to focus on your sensory perceptions to explore the depths of a moment and that doing so increases a feeling of well-being and contentment there's even a tedx talk on how to mindfully and slowly enjoy eating a chocolate bar what's interesting and although unfortunate is that generally these talks on mindfulness are not done within the context of religion. There seems to be a desire to kind of extract the benefits of mindfulness without making a commitment to religion and all the things that it entails. So it because of this, the goals of mindfulness seem to be limited to improving just the worldly life. So as Muslims, the question comes to mind, can we take the benefits of mindfulness a step further to improve our spirituality as well? Can we improve our practice of Islam through mindfulness? And if so, how? So Alhamdulillah, as with everything else we face in our lives, we find guidance in the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi We can imagine that life in Mecca and the responsibilities of managing a caravan business must have led to a very busy life. That's why, as the time for the first wahi drew close, the Prophet ﷺ started secluding himself for longer and longer periods of time in the hills around Mecca. Although we don't have too much information about the manner in which he would worship Allah during this time, we know that he was attempting to follow whatever reached him regarding the religion of Ibrahim ﷺ, the pure message of monotheism, which had become lost over time. We know that the Prophet's intention was to nurture his spirituality by distancing himself from worldly cares for some time. We can imagine that the calmness and quiet of the cave would have led to a lot of meditation and reflective thinking, and that in the calmness and the silence, the thoughts he was reflecting on were preparing his heart and mind and soul for the enormous responsibility and honor that Allah was going to bestow on him. Many classical Muslim scholars have spoken of the concept of muraqabah, the Islamic understanding of mindfulness. In our religion, mindfulness leads to a greater awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a stronger bond with him. When I tune into my sensory perceptions, I don't just enjoy the various sensations that I'm experiencing. I give thanks to Allah for them. And in fact, being raised as Muslims, from the youngest age, we are taught to consider what blessings our eyes and ears, our hands and feet are, and to give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them. And this is something that Muslim parents have probably done since forever, but now we call it mindfulness. In addition to having a deeper appreciation and gratitude for our physical perceptions, Mindfulness makes us more aware of the areas that we fall short in. So, for example, it makes us more aware of our laziness or stinginess or lack of empathy and so on. And in this way, it makes us better at fulfilling the rights of others upon us. Also, aside from our physical perceptions, mindfulness teaches us to be aware of what's happening inside our hearts. Like, what thoughts and feelings do we experience? Are these thoughts and feelings from Allah? Are they from shaitan? Are they from our nafs? Like, how can we nurture the good and remove the bad? So, Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalani divided muraqaba into four aspects. So, the first aspect was having knowledge of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is obvious. When we have knowledge of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have knowledge of our creator and that obviously helps us ground our lives and grounds us in the purpose of our creation The second one is to have knowledge of Shaytan, right? So when we have knowledge of Shaytan, we understand the hindrances and the obstacles that we may face in our attempts to follow the path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dictated for us Number three the third aspect is to be aware of the ability of our own nafs to suggest evil. So aside from shaitan's whispers, aside from the the things that shaitan may try to tempt us towards, our nafs also has the ability to suggest evil things to us, things that may distract us from the purpose that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for. So at times uh, I might be motivated uh, to indulge in food, to indulge in uh, clothing or in other material things that make me more focused on this material world, this temporary world, rather than the hereafter. So that's the, the third thing, the third aspect that I should have knowledge and awareness of. The fourth aspect is to be aware of the deeds that can be done done to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, with this last aspect of muraqabah, if I am aware of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded me to do, for example, salah, zakah, sawm, hajj, etc. etc., if I'm aware of all of these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded me to do, then I'm able to fulfill the requirements of following the path as dictated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With this knowledge, and of course acting upon this knowledge, we become the type of people who are capable of fulfilling the mission of Islam, which a great part of which includes commanding justice and good and forbidding injustice and evil according to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this was just a very brief introduction, and so we touched upon various different aspects of mindfulness. Inshallah, we hope that you will join us again for our next session, which will focus on how mindfulness affects our physical being. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make following his deen easy for all of us. Assalamu alaikum.